0: This programme was first broadcast on Canterbury's community access radio station Plains FM 96.9 and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Kia ora, I'm Ian Turner and welcome to Garden of Sound, sponsored by The Nephlist, alcohol-free drinks that stir you. Speaking of which, you can check out what The Nephilist has on offer at the Banks Peninsula Festival on the 22nd of February. If you want to find out a bit more about the awesome drinks The Nephilist stocks, head to thenephilist.com. Right, today's guest, he's an exceptionally talented singer-songwriter who's contributed to some of Christchurch's best-known bands across recent years, and he's only in his 20s. A self-professed superfan of Van Morrison and the Stones, he's styled his current sound rock and roll formula with his band The Haunters and he's set to release a third album under the skies later in the year. Whether it's rock and roll or folk or maybe even classical, who knows? But one thing's for sure, we're going to be seeing a heck of a lot more from Adam in the days and weeks to come. This is the Garden of Sound interview with Adam Hadaway on Plains FM 96.9. Adam, I want you to tell me about your very first memory of music when you realised that music existed.
1: This predates my memory, as it were, but I kind of have a memory of being told that before I could even really, uh, you know, would would have been able to learn music or listen to music or even really talk when I was like two or three years old. Apparently we had a swing in the lounge, and when the song by (laughs) Simply Red came on, Oh it's that terrible, terrible song called like Fairground or something. I can't remember if that's what it's called. But I, I w- think you're right, yeah. I would go nuts on the swing whenever that song would come on. But I actually remember And I love the
0: thought of you coming home to me. Yeah, there
1: yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah. That's right. And um but Van Morrison, believe it or not, is just like a family like love. Like all like you know, my immediate family and extended family love Van Morrison and um Why is that? I don't know. I mean, I think he's the best. My sister would not agree with me, but um, I like lots of other stuff that my family don't like. But this, but this is kind of like it's almost like a religion. I, I shouldn't say that because I don't want to sound like too much of a like crazy fan. Because it, cause, like to tell you the truth, if I had the opportunity to meet him, I probably wouldn't. Uh-huh. But but like I, we, I just love his music and it's something that's always been in my life. And I remember um, I also love like Beethoven. And I learned the piano when I was little, and I would I remember getting mixed up with Beethoven and Van Morrison because I was so little and how could you mix those up? But I remember like bashing on the piano, trying to sing the song by Van Morrison, saying that I was Beethoven, and trying to sing the song Rough God Goes Riding, except I thought the words were woof, woof, goes riding.
0: Apart from your sister, uh, were your mum and dad uh, musical? Did they sing? Um,
1: instruments? Dad taught me piano, but he never really actually had much of an outlet for it, so they didn't really would get very good but they but he was naturally good and he could teach me
0: did um that carry on to to school was there some kind of musical education Um, there
1: not big so i actually kind of like i was pretty obsessed with playing piano when i was about seven or eight years old and i didn't really do lessons but then when i was nine then i switched to guitar and got lessons like outside of school big time and and then in high school, there were mu- I would just do heaps of music classes. So, yeah.
0: what was the impetus to change from piano to guitar? Was there a moment or a feeling or somebody inspired
1: you? Uh, the the Gees, Yeah, I don't know why, but it was. I just got really into the BGS, and and then that year when I was like eight, going on nine years old, it was also I just heard all the great stuff as well, and like I heard, I remember hearing Bob Dylan for the first time, and he's he's the number one for me, really.
0: Van Morrison and Bob Dylan, at least, are quite the storytellers yeah they've sort of got very different musical genius going on whereas the bgs are quite quite poppy yep. what sort of attracted you to the bg sound
1: i don't know i think i just like to squealy voice and the beats but I, which I still do i just don't i'm not i wouldn't put hold them up with van Ross and Bob Dylan but i do really like the bg still i just that was just the transition somehow it just did something to my nine-year-old mind.
0: Mm. Did you have any musical groups or bands that you formed at high school?
1: Yep, in chronological order. The Takers, the Dennis Guitarists, the uh, Fifth Day of May, and then um, Tracy Barlow, and then amazingly we ended up, do you know who Tracy Barlow is? From Coronation Street, I imagine? Ken's wife? Uh, Daughter? Daughter. Okay. And big crush of my childhood okay and um
0: is this because of your parents they were avid coronation street watchers or is this you um, sneaking it in the bedroom or something
1: uh yeah well it wasn't like it wasn't as much of a spiritual activity as listening to van morrison but it was i think a casual evening i
0: have to ask have you heard the full coronation street theme no it is an absolute gem Wow. Of, a, of a song amazing brass band intro um a lot of bands beginning with the where does the the come from i mean we've got the haunters obviously mm. now why all uh, that was it was it always adam hadaway and the, the the?
1: probably would have felt like too much of even more of an egomaniac if i did that but some it was someone else's idea to do this like In fact, it wasn't always The, because I think uh, you should only have The The, who are a good band, by the way, if if you really need it. And, like, I don't really care about The, I just think if it's grammatically, like, you know, correct, then it'd be better to have it, but actually Fifth Day of May wasn't The Fifth Day of May, and I think, I don't know if there was a reason for any of the names, but yeah, it was someone else's idea to call it Adam Haraway and the Haunters, so
0: any of those groups go to Rock Quest
1: yeah okay the 5th day of May was the long term high school band and Liam who plays bass in the Haunters was with me in the 5th day of May all through high school so it's cool how long we've played together we did a Rock Quest twice and tried not to be too disheartened and stayed you know because it was a pretty good thing I thought Rock Quest was good for, for for teenagers so long as they don't get too yeah disheartened when they don't I think we made it to the regionals one time. But we were terrible. We were so bad cuz like the mix of we were like there were like two Bob Dylan obsessives in the band. There was like a uh classical violin player who didn't really play country folk stuff and so that was a clash even though he's like an amazing musician and he can do all sorts of stuff now but you know we were little and then like two metal guys were in the band at one time and the band had a sound that was the most hideous clash of all those things to even worse than you can imagine and i think we lo- people love to hate us
0: so where were the mentors when you were you were growing up
1: oh there was um Braden, our teacher who who's awesome and matt who was a teacher at our high school as well and they were just really cool and so encouraging and then there was sir brian who was a family friend who was just taught me heaps of stuff um oh and then uh we knew him in high school and then straight after high school al park who's a musician in christchurch he's been he's always been a big mentor i don't know if any of these people should have told us that that we sounded rubbish but i don't maybe they didn't we were just too you know self-obsessed to notice
0: (laughs) how do you deliver bad news
1: I have no idea. I don't even know. I, you know, you, sh- you want to deliver the shit sandwich,
0: right? Yes, always. Yeah, <laughs> and that's the, that's the way you always do it. Do you shy away from confrontation?
1: Mm. No, I don't. I, I, it's necessary sometimes. I'm not, I, but I don't want to say anything unnecessary. I think it's best to never say anything unnecessarily because you don't want to hurt people. I think I remember my teacher Matt, who I just mentioned. Whenever people in class or in some kind of just casual th- music situation, it's Whenever someone would be wrong, he would say like he'd start by saying yeah, cause, and and say like find some truth in it, and then be but, and then tell them like indirectly that they were wrong. And I don't know, it's kind of maybe that's a good way to do it. Yeah. But then you know sometimes you got to be a little cruel to be kind, I guess, to make people improve. Some people, when I was older, some people who were more other mentors were were often good, qu- you know, way more tough with me and be like you actually are terrible at this or whatever, and it did help. Yeah,
0: You mentioned quite a few musical acts along the way from the Bee Gees to to Beethoven, Um, Bob Dylan as well, and good old Van Morrison. Any Mm. tracks from those characters that you'd like to indulge the listeners with?
1: Well, I think just to to steer it, um, because I didn't want to say Van now, I think to steer it in a different direction and to a different kind of set of influences that we have in our music now in the Haunters. We're like uh, the, the, the band Wilco. Uh, have a classic um, songwriting sort of approach and then they have a bit of a country sound and they get real noisy and they have, they come from a uh, sort of the, a, a lot of the indie rock strands of the 90s so this band is a good mix of what we do and the guitar solo which makes up half of the song is like the way I like to play guitar so I thought maybe that's a good influence song to, cho- to choose
0: What song are we going to hear?
1: It's called At Least That's What You Said for the first track from the album, "A Ghost Is Born," was my favourite album, Welco album.
0: is the Garden of Sound interview with Adam Hadaway on Planes FM 96.9.
2: Hey my sisters and brothers, it's Brad from the Butlers and the Singlefin Mingle. If you're looking for a top-notch screen printer for your next big shindig, then go down to see James at Against the Grain Screen Printing. He's been printing our t-shirts and merch for the Mingle for many, many moons. He's an absolute ledge and he's one of the few qualified textile lords in the city. So get down and see him, you're guaranteed a great price and a mean result. Check him out on the world wide web atgscreen.co.nz. That's atgscreen.co.nz.
0: This is the Garden of Sound interview with Adam Hadaway on Planes FM ninety six point nine. Adam, I want to talk about musical performances that you have attended through your formative years. Potentially, what's the first big gig that you um, got along to as a, as a young person?
1: The Rolling Stones. <gasps> wow. Yeah, Wellington, two thousand and six. Okay. So I was, so I was eleven Adam? years old. Yeah. How
0: did you um, h- how did you get there?
1: Um. Well, my parents took me because by that point, like. All I cared about was Mick Jagger.
0: Why is that? Um, I
1: don't know. They're probably just the rock the, the rock and roll band that makes the most sense. They were like the most famous rock and roll band of all time just about. And I just think, I don't know. They just write awesome stuff and it's, it's simple and it's rough. And uh, there's a lot of bands who are also from the same you know like who are seen as just as like legendary that i think are actually better and Mm -hmm. i like their songs better but even but the stones are probably always my favorite they just kind of make the most sense and i don't know i just like when I, i just watch so much i even almost liked watching the live uh concert films more than listening to them because they just were so explosive and and like the energy is just amazing. And
0: having been around for so many years, the production qualities are exceptional. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Totally. What was that gig like? What was the standout moment well, from that?
1: I mean, it's not really a great answer to talk about, unfortunately, because it is the first rock concert I went to. But I, it's kind of, at the time, I thought I was loving it. But looking back, I didn't really experience much because we didn't have the closest seats. And in a big, st- I just don't like stadium shows, you know. I, I don't really like being at a show unless you're like quite close to the stage and which is just what's gonna happen and it's like I'd probably go see The Stones again but I and I probably wouldn't enjoy it again because you just don't really get to you can't really t- you're just looking at a screen most of the time unless you're like you're rich enough to get close now but um it was just exactly the same as what I'd seen on the DVDs that I like watched religiously I think it's just interesting looking back that I couldn't even, I wasn't even tall enough to see, to see over people's heads really. I couldn't, I could only just see half the screen properly. My whole like months around that concert was just like me just buzzing over the fact that I was going to and had seen the Stones and I could see. Like they went by on like a a, a piece of the stage goes right out halfway through the audience which is really cool that they actually do that to try to get close to other people. And you know, I saw them like go quite close at some point and like it was, you know, it was cool, but. It, it's not even, like, that real to see a show like that for me.
0: Do you know what I mean? Mm. Your musical heroes, or uh, luminaries at least, uh, is there anything that you've sort of taken from their their stage act or maybe their uh, performance ethos? Yeah. And incorporated into... For,
1: I think all that time I was just trying to be like Mick Jagger and, um, and then I would have toned it down when i th- was trying to be cool when i was a bit older you know like when i was like 13 i was just would dance in front of the tv in front of mirrors and try to like be like Nick and like i probably did his moves pretty good and then and then but then i you know now i've dumbed it down over the years and now where it's like i've come full circle and just like now i'm just, now we're just now i'm just a bit better after you know since i was 12 um and you mean but a,
0: a bit more Adam, as opposed to yeah, t- yeah, that as well. There's all
1: these different influences, but um, we are we. I like now. I'm just like, let's just try to sound like the old stuff. Uh, in a lot of ways, like a mix of things, but a lot of th- the Stones is in there. And um, performance-wise, yeah, I don't want to like. I would rather just be myself, but it's definitely in there.
0: Has anything gone terribly awry in your years of performing on stage?
1: Um, I definitely did. Like the the Hondas came out of the Soul Band, which is the band that's doing the Van Morrison thing, and it's like a covers version of the Hunters. And um, we started doing that. We've been doing that for like three years now. It's like a seven piece, eight piece Soul Band. And um, I, I remember like one time I did I I'd do a few high kicks, which I which I got from Van Morrison, and I did like a real big high kick, and the bottom of my shoes had no grip on them, and one foot went way up, and the other one just followed it, and both feet went above my head and just landed on my ass and. But you know, I just think I did like a back roll and and just got back up and that's what you gotta do. Robert um Pollard from Guided by Voices said that that's what you gotta do if you fall on your ass, you just do the roll and get back up or roll around on the ground for a bit. I don't think I've fallen off the stage though. I've nearly fallen off a few times when I when I can't tell how big the stage is. Nothing
0: else is. Don't think. I don't think you made it until you fall off the stage. Exactly. I saw a really
1: good video of Nick Cave falling off the stage recently, and he's like sixty-two now, and he just like. Disappeared from view, and then he just like came back out from backstage again and acted like nothing happened. But he must have hurt himself a little bit. Yeah. Another time, um, we were playing. This is just, I this is just going to make me sound like a complete asshole, but, um, we were playing, and it was like a it was a part it was a family party, so it wasn't that serious. And I I was just like like i just i stopped playing and i just went off and started drinking and i thought it would be real funny to pick up a head of lettuce and hurl it across the whole room over everyone and in my mind it would like land on the stage and like smash and i thought that'd be funny but it like hit liam in the face and i just felt like i felt real bad straight away but i was like also killing myself laughing i was like what up on stage i'm like oh man i'm really sorry he was like don't talk to me right now
0: so you've got a very strong relationship with with Liam. Yeah. Okay, and he, he hasn't left you. Is no. So uh, look, let's say let's look back ten years at uh, at where you were and where you are now. Is there anything you'd say to to young Adam, uh, sort of venturing into the to the band scene? Any yeah. advice you give him?
1: The thing is, like I, to be honest, like jokes aside, I would obviously liked lots of things to be different and things to be easier and it'd be good if we had more of an audience and like you know like everyone wishes that like people who i know who are like way more successful than me have would have said that to me you know but the thing is i feel like i've pretty much done like the right stuff by our our music and like i've done everything i can to like You know i haven't we haven't like compromised our music at all and you know we've tried to just get it out there and so i don't have any regrets and because i'm doing basically what i want to do even though things could be a lot better and a lot different i would honestly say to myself like yeah just keep running music and don't overthink anything and have fun Uh, yeah you got to have fun because sometimes it can get too serious
0: yeah all right it's time for some more music seeing as we're a, a music-based show at least
1: uh we've got a favorite track yeah can... this is my favorite song of all time to, it's uh called i don't know if it's my favorite song of all time but it, it's called
0: bulbs right now it
1: is yeah by van morrison it's called bulbs we'll be playing it uh, me and and, uh, and another friend who's joining us f- as a guest that will be singing it together at this van morrison show we're doing at the blue smoke on the 13th of march uh-huh um I've probably covered the song more than any other song, and I'm nowhere near sick of it.
0: So, did this whole gig come about because you are such a such a mega fan? You thought I want to put it on? Uh, I want to I do it? I think
1: so. And I think um, I don't. You know, not that there's a <laughs> there's like already too many tribute shows going on. But Van never has really come here. I don't think. I don't know if he's ever been here. And and a lot of people love Van Morrison. And I was and I thought, well. I think this is one artist we can probably do justice for a tribute night, and we did it once before. We've done it once, and it went really well. So, yeah, Blue Smoke, 13th of March, if you're a Van fan, be there.
2: I'm kicking off for centre field Question: I'm being down for the game. One shot deal don't matter, and the other ones the same. Oh, my friend, I see you. Oh, Want it to come through? Oh, yeah, understand Well, the street lights all turn blue She's leaving for an American So Kate okay, Shanahan I said, brothers and sisters
0: sound interview with Adam Hadaway on Plains FM 96.9. Right, it's competition time. I mentioned the Banks Peninsula Festival happening at Orton Bradley Park on February 22nd earlier in the show. It's a spectacular setting you'll get to enjoy the best of Banks Peninsula, including food and beverages and local produce, cooking demonstrations and crafts and local musicians, including... Adam Hadaway, Lyndon Puffin, Amelia Grinnell, Candice Milner, Esther Swift, who's from Scotland, and just to make sure there's enough Adams to go round, Adam McGrath will be there too. Now I've got two tickets valued at 50 bucks to give away. All you have to do to enter the draw is go to gardenofsound.nz. Click on the Banks Peninsula Festival banner on the website and enter your details. The draw is going to be made on Wednesday the 19th of February, so get those entries in quick at gardenofsound.nz This is the Garden of Sound interview with Adam Hathaway on Planes FM 96.9 Adam I want to talk about how you write songs and how your songs are recorded um, your most recent album was Crying Lessons and that was released yeah. last year
3: yeah.
0: how much more Adam Hathaway stuff is sort of out there prior to 2019
1: so that's the second album that uh, that goes under the name adam hadaway and the haunters and everything before that i would think isn't not very good <laughs> but that, i mean like i wouldn't even probably want to promote it but i did put out an album in 2017 under a different name called sub Dude. that was more like the first the first album we put out as the Haunters is real different from the second one i think it's like a more lo-fi, noisy, indie rock kind of album with lots of different guitar tunings and less hooks. And but like I, I think it's fine for what it is. But it, the subdued thing would be like that, but just not not as good. And then two years before that, in two thousand and fifteen, I put out two EPs under the name Sister Something. It was meant to be called Sister Mary Eunice it's like she's like a nun and she's like a symbol of corrupted innocence or something like that and um yeah and I, but then i Is thought, this real or
0: just uh, made up?
1: No she's from um uh, she's from American Horror Story, which uh-huh. is a trashy TV. It's actually pretty good. Yeah, And she's the nun in the second one. And she's inhabited by the devil. And I found out that the character has come up in others in lots of folklore, I think, bef- uh, previously.
0: So why the change to something?
1: Because I thought Sister Mary Eunice sounded a bit emo. And and I didn't want to, like, not that there's anything wrong with that, but it wasn't me, you know. And so I was sitting around with some friends being like, oh, I don't know what to call it. Maybe it's got a bit, I think it should be Sister something. And then I was like, actually, that's it. Um, I played in other bands before I came around to releasing this stuff, like a band called World Series, which is, um, um, that's kind of similar, a little bit similar to our first, to the Haunter's first album. And then I played guitar in the band called, uh, The Eastern and, um, you may have heard of them and they're from Littleton and, um, yeah, I've played with lots of other people, but before 2015, I hadn't, I hadn't put anything out.
0: Let's look at Crying Lessons. Um the subject matter for that how do you sort of come up with your um your ideas
1: well what i wanted to do i'll tell you what i um, i and i'd always sort of planned for the last couple of years after to do a after we did the album that was like um a noisy fu- fun guitar album influenced by a lot of bands american bands from the 90s um i want i always planned to afterwards do the album that would reflect my like influences that I've always had like since childhood you know like the Stones and Van Morrison and Bob Dylan so it always goes back to that and um also like Tom Petty and Bruce Springsteen and uh and Patti Smith and stuff and um I always wanted to do it like that but I was I thought that it would be really hard to write classic form songs like real just more simple songs that are actually don't have complex structures or haven't you know and i because i thought that was more exposing or i don't know how to say it right now but um i felt like i felt like i just wouldn't be able to do it well and and then so then but then i just started and it's the more i practiced the better i got at it and I just you know i just like look at country songs that i liked and and blues based songs and rock and roll and and just sure enough as soon as i started trying to write music like that i th- figured we actually could and there's not a lot of bands I know around doing making music like that so I thought that was even more reason to try to do it. So yeah that's that's all it was I just always wanted to make music like that.
0: You're a fantastic songwriter and you do have a great voice. So why do you choose I guess at least on that 2017 album to hide the songs behind the noise?
1: I don't th- Well I like noise. So I wanted to do that anyway and i wanted to do the thing that i thought would be harder afterwards and also i think i wasn't a good enough songwriter or singer then
0: now i can say, so is it a lack of confidence
1: um and experience i just think i just straight up wasn't um yeah it would have been it definitely was a lack of confidence as well You um but yeah i i tried writing we tried writing one song and i was i kind of was like let's just jump in the deep end and i, I said to the guys like okay i'm gonna i going to take this drum feel from the soul song we cover and then um, can you just play three chords right and then I'm just going to start making incoherent Van Morrison-esque babblings and then before I knew it we had the bones of a song and then I went and like for ages and ages wrote like just kept chipping away at it until I had the first song of this new type of songs that I'd always wanted to write and it's called Cry in Vain," and it's on Crying Lessons. It might be my favourite one on the album, actually. It's called "Cry in Vain," and you also asked me like what other things have influenced it, and I was reading the book "Grapes of Wrath" by John Steinbeck, and there's a little bit of a reference to that in there, and um, it kind of relates to what I was singing about. <laughs>
0: This is the Garden of Sound interview with Adam Hadaway on Planes FM 96.9. We just heard Cry in Vain. Um, crying Lessons, the album. Who produced it?
1: Uh, Delaney Davidson. Okay. He's a Littleton musician. He's all around the world all the time. You know, like he, he's constantly touring. But um, he's, a, he's a friend from Littleton and... Um, he he makes great music. What himself. does he
0: bring to the recordings?
1: Well, the thing is, I as I said, I wanted to make an album that was like classic and a bit country, a bit blues, a bit soul, and from like a sixties kind of thing, and a live band sound. And um, I wanted to do it, but I thought we needed a producer, someone who's good at that stuff and could really bring it out. And I just asked him to do it because I knew because he's good at he's great at that stuff. So
0: where was the album recorded?
1: At the Lab in Auckland. So yeah, he he produced it and arranged some of the songs differently, and um, yeah.
0: What's coming up for Adam?
1: We are currently making a music video from from the last album. Uh, we'll make we'll film it this month, and hopefully it'll be out in April.
0: And um, what's the shelf life of an album?
1: The thing is, we did two singles just before the album came out. And we were going to put out this third single from the album like only two months later, but then we had a couple of little set uh, little hold ups which um which doesn't bother me because now we um have nothing else to put out right now, and it's kind of like a middle point for the band um We are recording a new album like apparently we're doing it next month I have no idea if that's actually happening but we've got a new we've got new material that we're recording and I want to put that album out this year which we should be able to do so music video from the last album in a month come out in about six weeks or something another music video for a new single for the next album a couple months after that we're doing a couple of little shows around the country and organising um, some shows overseas hopefully Later in the year, and in, 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 a, in a national tour when we put out this next album,
0: what's the vibe of the next album going to be?
1: We've got like about twenty five songs or something, and half of them are like like the last album, and half of them are more acoustic driven, country and folk kind of stuff. So I don't know if it's going to be one or the other, or a mixture of the two.
0: Any temptation to to do a double?
1: I personally, I uh, depending on what the what the music is, I prefer like lps to eps and double albums and because i like albums the most if everyone was like doing ep i still wouldn't because i like albums the most but it is convenient for me that people's attention spans are just like shot now and no one i feel like a double album would almost be a waste these days on on people so if we did actually end up with two albums with material that would make things
0: easy in terms of releasing things You've talked about Delaney Davidson in terms mm. of production. Is there anyone out there um, that you think, oh, wow, I would love to work with them one day?
1: Oh, you know, Daniel <laughs> Um, And like lots of people who I'll never get to work with. But we're going to do it with Ben Edwards at the sitting room. Elmore and my band, he works there. And not only is it super convenient, but he is an amazing producer as well as Delaney. And it'll be good to do something different this, is this time. Is Ben you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. And it'd be good to do just something different this time. And I think he gets what we're doing, so.
0: Is there anyone else in New Zealand that's doing stuff as good as Ben?
1: I'm sure there is. I just don't really know um, producers. I keep racking my brains about it, but maybe I just need to ask some other people. I just don't know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You talk about getting overseas and performing uh, mm. with the band. Is there any sort of like iconic venue or festival at least that you think, yep, Adam wants to be there?
1: Um, There isn't actually anything in particular because, you know, I think I just want to do what's works best for the band and I'm not really up to date with that (laughs) and iconic I mean I mean yeah I don't even have that much attachment to that kind of thing to be honest but um we're planning on doing a hopefully a tour of Japan and then a small Australian tour why Japan um because Delaney toured there and said it was real good I'm keen to tour anywhere where I think there's a lot of people there and there's a rock and roll movement there and I'd like to go there. There's a, um, I, I think it sounds like an amazing place. And uh, also, there's a fox sanctuary, and, a, and I'd like to go and see the, the little foxes.
0: Fantastic. Yeah, Adam, you've been an absolute joy to uh, to talk with today. Um, Thank you. I'd like to uh, get another track out of you just to to take us out. Is there anything that sort of like typifies the Adam Hadaway vibe right at the moment? Right at the moment, just
1: because. They're just—it's all I can listen to right now for the last two months. All I've been listening to is the Beach Boys because I discovered them late because I never like Pet Sounds that much. But I was wrong about that. But it was um, the album Holland that hooked me in, and now I'm just like, yeah, going crazy about it. So this is the song,
2: Sell on Sella.
0: sail on sailor from the beach boys off their album holland it's time for my track of the week i've mentioned that in addition to adam esther swift will also be playing the banks peninsula festival she hails from scotland and performs with a diverse bunch of artists in a number of different styles this track is simply called my barbara
3: for life leads you and nothing comes between you so let's laugh together go to the beach still wear are let's be children forever
0: Thanks so much for being here today. My guest was Adam Hataway. Head along to gardenofsound.nz and click on Adam's picture on the front page to find out more about what he's up to, especially details about his Van Morrison tribute gig on March 13th. You can also check out a bespoke Spotify playlist of all the songs and artists we talked about today from that page too. All right, that's Garden of Sound for another week, sponsored by The Nephilist, alcohol-free drinks that stir you. You can find out more at thenephilist.com. Love to have you back next Friday. In the meantime, keep well, keep listening, and keep playing. Haere